yeah, maybe some succinct write-ups, just giving potential employers a little insight into your thought process and problem-solving process, because they'll want to know that. They don't just hire you based on the final product. They hire you based on how you work and your process. Hey guys, I'm here today with Erin, who is a graphic designer. I can't wait to talk to her today because when I was first doing research for this podcast, actually, I was asking friends and acquaintances what jobs they would be most interested in hearing from first. And uh, graphic design actually came up a couple times. So I think it's a job that people are really curious about and want to know more. So Erin, uh, you're the girl for the job. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's just jump right into it. What's your official job title? And then what does that mean? What do you do kind of in a nutshell? Official job title is graphic designer. And I essentially create graphics for my organization. So right now I'm working at a corporate organization and I do everything from infographics, web graphics, all the way to PowerPoint decks, anything that's needed to support our research. Perfect. And how long have you been doing that? Um, I started freelancing kind of just on and off as requested by people in college, my freshman year. Goodness, that was 2011. So technically about a decade or so, but actually out in the workforce since 2015. Gotcha. So when did you land that like official full-time corporate position as a graphic designer? Was that 2015? Yeah, so my um, no, my work history is a little bit uh, convoluted at the beginning. So that's okay. I have done freelance kind of on and off. I haven't really ever sought out clients, but you know, as friends or previous clients recommended people to me, I would take jobs and then make some extra cash, have a portfolio piece. Immediately after graduating, I actually did a year-long discipleship and leadership development program. Okay. At camp in Texas. So it was a really great learning experience for me, a really good year, learned a lot of life and work skills there. And after that, I worked as a design manager for a church for a little while, and then got my first corporate job whenever my husband and I moved to Atlanta. So corporate, I would say it's been about four years. That sounds right. <laughs> Do you think when most people enter the field of graphic design, they typically do start out kind of freelance, odd jobs here and there until they find a, a normal role? Or what, what do you think is typical for most people? Um, I think it's very typical to just find a normal role right off the bat. I was okay. really interested in that in that program and um, thought it was a good opportunity to do it straight out of college. So I took that and then um, had kind of a transition year where I knew that I would be moving out of state soon, but wanted something full-time in the design world where I was at the moment. And so my church needed someone, they had that open position and that's how I landed that. But yeah, I think it, um, it definitely depends. There are several avenues you can take, but definitely not uncommon to just 
jump right into a full-time design role. That's good. Yeah. Cause in my mind, you know, I know several people that have said, you know, oh yeah, I do some freelance work. And so I just kind Mm -hmm. of in my head assumed that's kind of the route. Maybe you build up a portfolio of your Mm -hmm. freelance work and then that transitions in. Um, Did you go to school for, for graphic design? What's, what's your school background? Yeah, I did. So I graduated from Texas A&M University with a degree in visualization. So I think that program is unique to A&M. I haven't heard of it anywhere else, but essentially it's within the School of Architecture and it's kind of a mashup of graphic design, game design, animation. And so you can choose a track that you want to follow. And so we dabbled in all three and I ultimately chose to go the graphic design route. Interesting. Did you ever get any other certifications or do any extra training outside of school to hone your skills before you got the job? No, I didn't. Okay. That's good to know that that's maybe not super required. I know a lot of the Mm -hmm. people I've been talking to recently, you know, they're like, oh yeah, well, I went to school for X, but then I ended up getting this certification or I did this training program and that's actually what led to the job. And so it's good to hear Mm -hmm. like, okay, somebody's, you know, studied it in college, actually got the job. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. It's good to know that that's possible. So that's good. Uh (laughs) Yeah, totally possible. I wouldn't say anything else is required beyond um, a bachelor's degree. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's, let's jump into like, what does a typical day uh, work day look like for you? You're in a corporate setting. Mm -hmm. Is there always work to be done? How, what is just kind of walk us through your day? Yeah, so um, I'm an in-house designer for a really large international company. We have a pretty large creative team. I work on research and advisory creative. So I all of my clients are internal. There are researchers and our advisors. And so they're developing different research that our company puts out for our external clients. I'm helping them with their data visualization. And also occasionally doing some internal decks for different internal meetings. So as far as a typical day goes, there is almost always work to be done. Even if there isn't typical client work, there's always different initiatives that we can be working on and helping with, whether it's updating our photo library or developing trainings. Um, There's always something going on. So we're never lacking for work, but... As far as a typical day goes, usually a department or team meeting once every couple of days, quite a bit of design work. We typically bill about six hours per day on average. And since our clients are all internal, we're billing just to see where our department's time is going. But as far as billable hours go, about six per day, some I'm blanking on the word. That's okay. Oh my goodness. Administrative. Yeah. <laughs> Some administrative tasks, answering emails, corresponding with our clients, um, occasionally a client meeting to discuss a large project that needs a little bit more in-depth info. Um, and then really that's about it. I, I do quite a bit of actual design work in the average day. 
Yeah, I'm interested in it. There's a couple threads I want to pull on from what you just said. <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, you mentioned data visu- visualization. Mm-hmm. How data savvy do you need to be in today's world? Because I know that that's kind of a big push. All corporations are going, a lot of people entering into data science, a lot of data needs to be visualized. And that's often the job of a graphic designer. How do you need to be pretty data savvy? Or do you just kind of take the end product and then make it pretty? Um, Yeah, good question. So I would say it definitely depends. In some of my previous roles, I have not needed it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But in my current role, I would say you definitely don't need to know all the finer points of the data that our researchers know. Ultimately, it's up to them to double check our final product and make sure that you know, everything checks out and something hasn't gotten lost in translation, but you definitely need to understand, you need to be able to read a piece of research or a section of data points and understand basically what they mean and how we should best display those for the viewer and how to most accurately display those. And it's something It's not something I ever had any formal training in. It's definitely something you pick up on the job. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned just like, okay, maybe about six billable hours in a day. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're actually quote unquote designing roughly about that much per day. Is, did I understand that correctly? Yeah. About, um, yeah, you bring up a good point because billable hours also encompasses any client communication we're having, whether that's a meeting or email communication or just cleaning up file structure, anything related to that project we're billing. So I would say probably about four to five hours of actual design work a day. Okay. Gotcha. That, that really helps me just kind of visualize and understand like, okay, I'm a graphic designer, you know, I, here's my eight hour day. What am I doing during those eight hours? Like it kind of helps me to break it up that way. So I like asking that question. So let's dig into the design process, like really kind of hone in. I, what tools are you using every day? What does it actually mean to say I'm designing something? Like walk me through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, the Adobe suite is primarily what we're using. Okay. So on a daily basis, I'm working in InDesign, Adobe InDesign, Adobe Illustrator, occasionally Photoshop if some of our the photos we're using need manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Microsoft PowerPoint for decks. That's what our company uses. I know others use similar software. Gotcha. So you're mostly using the Adobe suite. Are you mm-hmm. illustrating things? Do you have to have like a knack for as an artist in order to be good at this job? I think it kind of, there's a large spectrum. So okay. I have a really heavy background in traditional art. Um, I've been taking art classes since elementary school. I love it. And that's kind of what led me to design. So I, going into college, knew that I loved art. I was good at it. I had an eye for it. And I didn't want to be a starving artist for the rest of my life. And it's just, it's just hard to make it as a painter. I think some people absolutely can, but it Mm -hmm. usually takes a while. And I didn't want that. I wanted a stable nine to five job with a career path with upward mobility. And so that led me to design. So that's how I got into the field. But there are definitely people that I work with who are, they have a background in art and they're really great illustrators and they can do anything in Illustrator. And then there are people who 
maybe don't really have an art background at all, but they have the eye for it and they've learned the software and they can look at something and understand what looks good and what's on brand and what isn't. Um, so really it's just all across the board. That's good. Yeah. Cause I always imagine, you know, I think a lot of people that go into graphic design, mm-hmm. they obviously like designing, they like the artistic process, but right. I just wonder, you know, how much of it actually is art, you know, it may actually reward people that are good at the software and, and learning mm-hmm. the tools really inside and out. And so I just kind of wanted to hear it from somebody who's actually doing it. Like, okay, it's good to know there's a spectrum of people that, that can succeed in it. So mm-hmm. For sure. I definitely see that you get pulled into projects based on your skill set. And so I've gotten pulled into several special projects before because I have the skill set to do illustration from scratch. And so I think definitely the larger your toolkit, the more you will be able to do and the more attractive you will be to hiring managers. Yeah. Speaking of that, what skills do you think are most important to being really good as a graphic designer? Is it just learning Adobe inside and out or would you give any other tips? Yeah, I I would definitely say know the software. Adobe, the Adobe suite is really the industry standard right now. So know that, get fast and efficient in it because your your efficiency matters, how long it takes you to churn out a project matters. And then uh, just basic design principles. You know, if you went to school for design at all, you should come out with the basic skill set you need. You should be able to understand design theory, color, layout, topography, all the basics. And then Definitely any, you know, extra skill sets on the side, illustration, photo retouching and manipulation, even animation and video. A lot of times, if you're a designer, you'll get pulled onto a video project every now and then on the side. So really anything in that realm that you have in your toolkit is only going to help you. Yeah. Being well-rounded and having the ability Mm -hmm. to like, yeah, work on a video or work on not just simple graphics, but Hey, can you animate anything? Can you do Photoshop? It's good to know, like, what are the tools of the trade? So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Aaron, what do you think is the most challenging part of your job? I think the most challenging part is uh, dealing with clients who have maybe a firm idea of what they want when they come into their interaction with you. Um, We get clients who are really great. And this is not necessarily at my job right now, but anything from freelancing to in-house clients to you work in-house, but you have external clients. Um, You always have ones who approach you really excited to partner with you and they understand that they can't make their product look good, but you can, and they give you the guidelines and they let you do your thing and they're very open about it. And that's great. And there are always parameters. I always like to point out that being a graphic designer is not being an artist. You're not showing up to work every day and getting paid to make pretty things for your own enjoyment. So there are always parameters, but I think the the hardest part of the job definitely is getting a client who's completely closed off or just very difficult to work with and nothing you do will satisfy them unless you keep what they submitted to you totally as is, even if it looks horrible. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, obviously, I think if you've ever faced any customer in any capacity, the difficult ones can be the hardest part of the job. So Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So let's go on the opposite side of that. What do you love most about your job, Erin? 
definitely creative problem solving. The majority of my job is someone comes to me with either a text document or a very crude mock-up in PowerPoint of what they want the end product to be and they can't achieve it on their own. And so I get to partner with them to creatively solve their problem and make something better. Yeah. Actually getting paid to be creative for somebody who wants to be, you know, a creative, I I would imagine that that's like, that's the best thing. Cause yeah, it is Mm -hmm. hard to make a living as, you know, your own artist selling your own Mm -hmm. artwork, but I would imagine it's really nice to uh, solve people's problems and get paid for it that way. What do you think is the most common misconception people have about what you do? Or do you ever get like frequently asked a certain question where you're like, "Eh, that's not really you know, you, you find yourself answering it over and over again. Yeah. Um, so kind of along the same lines of what we just talked about, I think the most common misconception is that a company just pays me to show up to work every day and play around and on the computer and make pretty things. And um, I've gotten from a few people when they ask, oh, what do you do? And I say, I'm a designer. And they And not maliciously at all, but they'll make a comment like, oh, that's so much fun. I used to love arts and crafts when I was little. And (laughs) (laughs) it's like, "Uh, okay, but that's not what I do. It's not the same thing at all. So I think think that there's definitely people who get really excited when you tell them you're a designer and they think it's like the coolest thing. And they're like, oh, I can never do that. Or that's like so cool that you get to do that every day. And then there's people who just don't, they aren't familiar with the industry and they don't really understand what it is that you do, but it's, I've never gotten it in from someone who means to be condescending. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, people sitting there and being like, make nice, pretty things for the company. And yeah. Right. Right. Sip on your mimosa in the morning. Is there anything that you wish that you knew about the job or about the industry when you were first starting out? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, So I think there are a few different subsets, I suppose, of graphic design. So you can work in-house for a company and you're not working for a company that is centered around design, but you're on their creative department and you do work in-house for the company, or you can work totally freelance and you're your own boss, you go out, you find your own clients, you maintain those clients, you get the workout, you handle billing, or you can work for an agency. And essentially agencies contract out or companies contract in agencies to do design work for them when they don't have an in-house designer. So I think I kind of got the impression in school that agency was the only possibility. And I don't think that was intentional, but I definitely think that's what a lot of us walked away with having that idea in our heads. And that just wasn't very attractive to me. That being said, I have never worked for an agency and I have friends who have, and they love it. And I have friends who have, and they hated it. But from what I've heard, it sounds like there's quite a bit of turnover um, at especially some of the larger ones. And it's easy to feel like you're a number. And I think, I mean, I just started looking on LinkedIn for jobs and was really blessed to be able to find an in-house position with a corporation. And from my experience, 
I have always felt really valued and appreciated by the non-creative people within the organization. You definitely have to build that trust, but once you do, they love you and they love what you can do for them and they love partnering with you. Um, so I think I think that I wish you just known that that was an option. Like, hey, you, yes. you don't just automatically have to go to an agency. Like, there's other avenues right. for success right. in the industry, or even you know how to begin to build a successful, lucrative freelance business on your own. I don't yeah. think they covered that very well either. But yeah, there are huge benefits for working in house for a company. I mean, pay is on average quite a bit higher and turnover quite a bit lower. That's good to know. How did you land that first job? You said, did you literally just find it on LinkedIn and then applied and interviewed and got the job? Yeah, good question. Um, so my first corporate in-house job, I actually partnered with a creative staffing agency. So there are a few okay. really big ones that are really great. They have great reputations. You can find them online. Um, a friend actually recommended them to me and he got all of his freelance work through them. Yeah, And so I said, oh, I'll check it out and met with one of the women working there. And she actually found me that first job. And it was super great, really easy. The company who hired the creative agency to match them with me trusted them. And so they were really quick to hire me once I was recommended and went through the interview process. Uh, the job I'm at currently, I found on LinkedIn and gotcha. went through the interview interview process. That's good. So it might be a good idea to look up some creative agencies that, that can help. What am I trying to say? Creative staffing agencies that can help you land that first job. Do you mind yeah, sharing what, sure. that, what that agency was? It's okay if you don't want to. No, not at all. It's a creative circle. And they're, I believe they have a presence pretty much all over the U.S., Okay. That's good to know. This may be an empty prediction, but the way I'm just seeing a lot of the workforce going just from my own outside perspective is mm -hmm. I do think that a lot of people are having a difficult time finding that first entry-level job. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of why I started this podcast is kind of helping bridge that gap. How do you get that first, how do you get your foot in the door for that first right, job? Right, right. And, um, and I do think that staffing agencies are really, really, you know, there's some bad ones out there. And so do your <laughs> research, but there are, there are good ones and it's good to hear yes. from somebody that's like, okay, yeah, no, that actually worked for me. And now I'm, mm -hmm. you know, moved on to another role, but, um, that was a good, good way to get your foot in the door. So. Yeah, it was awesome. great. And another benefit of working with them while they were trying to match me with a full-time position, they threw some freelance work my way and matched awesome. me with some of their clients who were looking for a freelancer. So it, I think it's a really great way for me. I used it moving to a new state where I had no connections. And, but I think getting your foot in the door too, that's a perfect way to do that. That's really good advice. Aaron, what kind of person do you think would really thrive as a graphic designer? And then you also mentioned you knew some people where are some places where there's turnover. When people leave graphic design, why do you think they leave? It was, what was it about them or their situation that was not a fit? Hmm. I really think almost any type of person can be happy in this career and make it work for them. I okay. think I've met designers who are introverts, extroverts, um, really good with people, not so comfortable talking to people. It's kind of all across the map. I think as long as you are able to think creatively and you're not closed off to direction and constructive criticism, you'll excel. I think 
when turnover happens, in my experience, it's been because of disillusionment with the organization or the, yeah, really just the organization or the culture in the organization. No, I think that's, that's really typical. You know, like Mm -hmm. I've met people in all different kinds of fields where it's like, oh yeah, the turnover is really bad and, you know, accounting. And you're like, well, it depends on, it depends on the organization. Uh Yes. In certain places it's, it has to do with the company or the organization that you work for much more than the Mm -hmm. job itself. So yeah, that's maybe an encouragement to somebody who uh, is pursuing graphic design and is currently hating it, but maybe at one point they really (laughs) loved it. You know, it's like, Hey, Uh maybe, maybe it's a change of scenery that you need more than a change of career. Um, Maybe not, but it's good to, it's good to kind of evaluate evaluate those as different options. Yeah. I think if you're happy with the work you're doing, but you're finding yourself miserable in your current job, then probably it has more to do with the environment you're in than the actual work on your plate. Yeah. Aaron, what do you think? Let's talk a little bit about compensation here. And obviously I'm not asking for your salary. I just kind of want to get a general Mm -hmm. feel for what's possible entry level, let's say, let's say you're an in-house, you're, you start at an in-house designer or Mm -hmm. you go into an ad agency. What do you think might be a realistic entry level salary? And then what's possible kind of mid and late career? (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, If you look it up as I'm sure anyone listening to this, who's interested in entering the field did and as I did going into it, it's kind of all over the map. I would imagine it's a wide range. It is a huge range. Um, I mean, obviously when I was working at the church, I made quite a bit less than I've made at other places, but I knew that that was part of the deal going into it. And I was happy to, happy to take that. I think probably somewhere in the 50 to 65 range might be realistic for a first job with a bachelor degree straight out of college. And I think know what you're worth and always negotiate up. I mean, not wildly, don't demand 20K more than they offer, but um, at every position I've had, I've negotiated up successfully. Um, That's good. So I would say, don't be afraid to do that. I think it's expected. And there are a lot of people who feel shy about asking for that. But if you can back it up with a reason why you should be paid more than you've been offered, then do it. And they'll probably at least meet you halfway. Do you have any tips on that? Cause you, you said, if you have a reason, like, do you remember mm-hmm. what, what reasons did you give? Cause that's just good general career advice. How, how mm-hmm. did you successfully navigate that negotiation to kind of get a slightly higher offer? Yeah. Um, I, waited until a formal offer was extended to me mm-hmm. with a number and then went back to the hiring manager and you know, thanked them for their generous offer, thanked them for wanting me and expressed my excitement and desire to work for them on their team. And then just kind of mentioned my circumstances like, hey, but it could be anything from I have this much experience in the field and this degree. Um, Maybe you have an advanced degree and that's definitely gives you some leverage to bargain up a little bit, or maybe it's, or I was making this much at my previous position. Um, And then I just say, I was hoping to target something in the range of this to this. That is good language right there. Yes. Yes. So you're not demanding pay me this number 
but you're saying, hey, this was my target range. This is what I was hoping for. Is there any way you can make that happen for me? And usually, I mean, if they've gone through all of the paperwork to get uh-huh. you a formal offer, they want you and they understand your value. And so usually they will go back and say, well, let's see what we can do. And they'll talk to HR and they will sometimes come back with an offer that's a little better than the first one. So yeah. it's just always worth a shot. I've never had someone say no. And how dare you for asking we're <laughs> exactly. <receiving> our offer. <laughs> I know we're so, especially when we're young in our careers, we, mm-hmm. you know, are just hoping to get any job. Right. And so that's really good practical advice. Thank you for kind of being vulnerable and sharing that because I feel like yeah. that is really just honest, practical advice for anybody who's listening. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So pivoting a little bit, kind of a more of an, I guess, a negative question, but maybe it's not. How (laughs) stressful do you think the job is? Do you feel like it's a stressful job? Is it a pretty, is it pretty relaxed? And then if there is any stress, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think this also really heavily depends on who you're working for. I have never had a super stressful job in the design world. I, something one of my coworkers said, a little while back when we were in a busy season was, you know, we're not, no one's life is in the balance. Our job is not of life-saving importance. There's no reason we should be stressed out all the time. And I think that was really good advice. So there are definitely really busy seasons that we have and really tight deadlines for projects where we're just go, go, go. Maybe you're working a slight amount of overtime, but really on average, it's a 40 hour work week. Awesome. Super balanced, very stress-free. That's so great. Yeah. I know that mm-hmm. our generation, especially a lot of them are very cognizant of mental health and not over, you know, I, I think previous generations, there was a little bit of a workaholic environment, you know, right. and, and it's, and there's definitely that in our generation as well. But I think there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot more people that are looking for like, you know, my career is just part of my life. It's not my whole life. Mm-hmm. So how do I plan for a job that doesn't require 80 hours out of me? You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. require me to be on call every single second and they're looking for options. And so maybe mm-hmm. in the right situation, graphic design could be one of those jobs where it's like, yeah, no, really. I, I usually work about 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And when I'm there, I'm not saving lives or, or risking right. lives. Yeah. I've had similar, I, I, I used to work at a, a breakfast restaurant and mm-hmm. uh, one of the trainers would always say, anytime the restaurant got crazy busy and things were chaotic, she's like, it's just bacon and eggs, people like we're not saving <laughs> lives. And I'm like, so I've, I've like, I keep that in my head, no matter what the job uh-huh. is, you know, it's like, it's, it's just bacon and eggs, people we're not saving lives. So <laughs> yeah, it'll yep. all be okay. Yep. I think definitely along those lines, especially if you're working in house, like There are some companies with some amazing benefits and it doesn't extend only to the creative team. It's for everyone who works at that company. So I would say, especially for first time job hunters, keep that in mind, find a place that has really good benefits. The company as a whole puts an emphasis on work-life balance and they value their employees as people and not just as work output machines. I think that's really good to keep in mind as you're looking. It so is. As I'm talking to more and more people, one of the themes that keeps on coming up is if you don't know exactly for sure what role or what position you want to do for the rest of your life, go by the company. Choose a good organization Mm -hmm. that is doing either work that you really appreciate or values their employees and values that work-life balance, whatever it is that you value, find a company that does the same thing. And then Mm -hmm. whatever role you initially get with them, you may be able to eventually work your way into the role that you want with them, but it's if you don't know what you want to do, choose a good company and then find a good position within them. 
I just have a couple more questions for you if you've got another couple minutes. Yeah, sure. So I guess first off, do you feel like we've missed anything? Is there any other important like point that you wanted to hit or feel like would be important for an aspiring graphic designer to know? I don't think so. I think you've covered it. Okay, good. I just like to ask that because you know mm-hmm. you know the questions to ask maybe better than I do. So it's good. <laughs> if you weren't, this is kind of just a fun question. If you weren't doing graphic design, uh, what would you be doing instead? Did you ever have any other dreams or ideas on what you might do? Yeah, so I considered pursuing something in the psychology field while I was in school and decided eventually to go design, but I guess probably there. Yeah, psychology. My wife got a degree in counseling and she almost did psychology as well. Yeah, it's really... Uh Yeah. We're going to see if maybe she eventually wants to pursue a master's degree so she can like really Mm -hmm. practice with it. But I think Mm -hmm. she just wanted to study something that was interesting to her. And I know psychology is, uh, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of interest in that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Erin, I know you talked a little bit about like just overall what you love best about the job, but let's kind of go back into your day to day. What do you look forward to the most every single day? Like what either task or just daily, what, what do you enjoy the most about your job? Yeah, I think I really love when I get pulled in on a special project um, and I get to get a little more heavy into the creative problem solving and have a little more agency over maybe the development of a new project type or something of that nature. But then other than that, just interesting design work and always love a meeting with my team. It's always fun. Yeah. All right. So here comes the final question for you. (laughs) What's the best practical advice you would give to someone who wants to do what you do? Any resources, next steps to pursue, like website certifications, just as practical as you can be. Like, I I want to be a graphic designer. How do I do that? Yeah. um, I would say have an online portfolio and spend some time developing it and keeping it up to date. You know, get rid of anything old or outdated that doesn't Old things are fine, but if it doesn't accurately represent your current skill level, I would get rid of it. You don't want it cluttering up what potential hiring managers are looking at and show your design process if possible, all the way from your initial client requests through how you worked through things. So whether that's screenshots or just files from, you know, progress points halfway through the project, all the way to the final product, maybe really good advice. Yeah, maybe some succinct write-ups, just giving potential employers a little insight into your thought process and problem-solving process, because they'll want to know that. They don't just hire you based on the final product. They hire you based on how you work and your process. So show that you think through things critically, show that you're efficient and that you know what you're doing and that you're working with industry standards Make sure your portfolio site is clean, simple, really user-friendly, well laid out. And then when you show up to interviews, I would say always bring an iPad or a laptop if you have it with your portfolio site already pulled up and ready to show. And, you know, grab the Wi-Fi as soon as you need it. Get in there so you can just really quickly show off your portfolio during the interview. And then same thing for resumes, clean and simple keep it to a page, keep it succinct. You know, it doesn't need to be a plain word doc, design it well, you're a designer, but don't go crazy. Don't put like some weird illustrations all along the side. You see a lot of that, especially from first time designers, but especially if you're looking for a job as an in-house designer, present yourself really professionally. The people making hiring decisions 
probably aren't designers. So, you know, make it look good, give them a resume they can tell was designed well, but not something that looks like an art project. Awesome. Aaron, that is, you packed in like several pieces of amazing advice. So yeah, (laughs) anybody who's kind of been like starting to drift off or like maybe you're driving or whatever, while you're listening to this podcast, go back (laughs) 60 seconds and re-listen to that. Cause I feel like that was really succinct, great advice for aspiring graphic designers. Aaron, thank you so much for doing this podcast. I really learned a lot and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it too. Absolutely. We'll talk another time. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the What's That Job Like podcast. Two quick things. One, please subscribe and review the show. It takes less than a minute and it does a ton to help. Two, I would love your feedback. Is there a certain career you want to hear from, a question you'd like me to ask my guests, or anything else? Let me know. My email is jameson at whatsthatjoblike.com. Again, that's J-A-M-E-S-O-N at whatsthatjoblike.com. That is also where you can email me if you are interested in being a guest on my show. I am rapidly trying to get hundreds of interviews because I think that's how this whole project will come together and help as many people as possible. So again, please subscribe and I'll catch you next time. 